Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks. Good evening. My name is Ben, and I am a grateful believer uh, in Jesus Christ, and I am in recovery for alcohol. Great to be with you guys tonight. You got it? Okay, good, good. Hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you that we get to be here. And regardless of the temperature, we know that you are in process of working in our lives, and I'm grateful for that. I am grateful that you have been working in each person's room in this here tonight, long before they showed up, and long after we're here tonight, you will continue to work in their hearts. So please let this be a culmination of what you've been teaching to them, or perhaps let it be a springboard to what you may begin to, to shape and mold in their life. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. About a month ago, I had the privilege to go to a Celebrate Recovery about 45 minutes from here and share my testimony. And so as I was getting ready to drive there, I asked my son, I said, hey, would you like to come with me to this church and help me just be my moral support? He's 17, and he was like, sure, I'll go. And so we were driving up there and talking about life. We're talking about the ups and the downs. And during that conversation, I Kind of share with him, hey, buddy, I'm going to share my testimony. And as you know, like there were a lot of lows in my life. And you've heard them before, and you're going to hear them again tonight during this testimony. But God works in our, our lows of life. Like those are teaching moments. It's about my failures. And we had a great conversation talking about that. And then all of a sudden, the conversation switched. And my son, he's a... He's great. In fact, uh, as, as Scott was talking, he's at a baseball game with my wife, and he said, hey, Dad, the umpire looks just like Scott. And so he took a picture of him, and in fact, he did. I wish I had time to put it on the screen. It would have been a lot of fun. And I text Scott, and I was like, hey, here's your picture of you. But my son's a great kid, and he, he said, as we were talking about my testimony and my experience in life, he, he was like, you know, Dad, sometimes I worry about uh, drinking when I turn 21. Sometimes I wonder and worry that I might have a problem with it. And first of all, what 17-year-old kid is that smart and that wise to start tracking that way? And what 17-year-old would, would actually tell their dad that statement? And I told him, hey, you know, bud, when you start drinking at first, it does seem a little bit fun. You know, you're with people, friends, and it seems like it's exciting and it's new and you can be a little bit silly and no one seems to care. But for me, who's unable to drink like a normal person, it began to change. Excuse me. Sorry about that. There's the emergency phone call. And so hopefully everything's okay. It's on silent. Uh, but as you begin to grow in your drinking, you start realizing that it's no longer you're drinking with friends. You start drinking with just yourself. You start beginning to worry about what other people are thinking. You start to, to hide things. And suddenly you change your schedule so that you can make sure you have enough time to drink. And as it worsens, you start to realize that you can't fully function until you have that addiction. And it becomes the most important thing in your life, greater than any relationship and anything that you know. That's all you can think about. And then I heard myself say to him, and I couldn't believe it came out of my mouth, 
and, and I said, you have to make sure it doesn't get to that point. And I started thinking about it as we were driving and talking more, and I had to correct that statement, because let's be honest. Have any of us ever admitted, or I shouldn't speak for you, have I ever admitted that I got to a point that it was out of control? No. No way. In fact, that's... That's what denial is, which is what our lesson is all about tonight. It's about denial. That's our, top, our topic. And in beginning our road to recovery, the steps say that we have to be willing to address our denial. Is it okay for a second? Let me just pray for, us for a moment. Um, the phone call threw me off. It was my daughter, so let me just pray that she's okay. I'm sure she is. It's just a minor call. But I know that God has a message prepared for us tonight. And I don't want to sidestep that. And I don't want this to be something that's uh, distracting me at the same time. So anyways, Lord, you know what's going on. And I'm sure it's just maybe she's calling to say she misses her dad. But just watch over her. Watch over all of our families and those who are not in this room tonight. And Lord, there is a message that you want each of us to hear. And uh, do a work in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Step one says, we admitted... Rather, we finally admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives had become unmanageable. Step one is the point in our life when we began to wrestle with our denial and finally say and admit what everybody else already knows, that we have a problem. But let me tell you, this may not be a message that is really, really exciting to all of us in this room. In fact, when I first heard this message, it was not a lot of fun for me. Because who likes to hear that they're living in denial? This is the worst. How many of us like to hear people say, why can't you just, or, or ask, why can't you just admit it? Why can't you just say you have a problem? Well, I'll tell you why I can't admit it. Because if I admit it, then things are going to change. And if things are going to change, then that means it's going to take work on my part. And I don't know if I can handle life the way it is without this a part of it. That's why I can't admit it, okay? You happy now? You happy? <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. Denial may be a stumbling block for many of us. But I believe that God sees it as a door to life to the full. God knows just how far down we need to go until we are willing to admit to ourselves, to him, to another person, that we ha finally have a problem. And when we get to that point, then the miracles begin to happen. The freedom becomes visible. Then we can be fully known by another person. Then we can see our immense depravity. Then we can see that we were truly searching for in life is something to fill the void in our hearts that can only be filled by Jesus. It's a time, a point we can only be so lucky to get to. And you heard me correctly when I say that. When we realize how dysfunctional we truly are, how evil and sinful we become, we realize we cannot fix it on our own. Only God can do that through the power and sacrifice of his son Jesus, which we believe to be our higher power here at Celebrate Recovery. It's why I believe people bring up the verse from Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, when speaking of step 1. And Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They are the ones who have been convinced of their spiritual poverty. They have been made conscious of their misery and their wants. The old pride has been broken and they have begun to cry out, O God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. And when denial begins to falter, it gives way to surrender and that leads to fullness in Jesus Christ. But I don't know if we're all on the same page, quite honestly. I don't know if we're all at the same state in our recovery, in our life when it comes to denial, even when it comes to Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, hey, that's okay. Let's talk about that. Let's learn about who he is. God doesn't rush us. We're not rushing you either. We're all at different stages. So with that being said, let's talk about denial and kind of have a starting point for us and a definition. Denial, by definition, is a false system of beliefs that are not based on reality. A self-protecting behavior that keeps us from honestly facing the truth. This is what denial is. Even as you think about it, it's a false system of beliefs, not based on reality. No wonder we never wanna be told that we're living in denial. Because then people are saying, your reality is not real. In fact, when I think about denial, there's a, there's a movie that I think of. And when I was going over this last night at my house, I was sitting on the couch with my wife. I was like, it makes me think of this movie. And so I think we got a clip of that. And so let's just play that real fast. Hopefully it works. Step 13, enjoy popular music. Jump the charts again. Everything is awesome. Oh my gosh, I love this song. I wanted to play this too because it's going to be stuck in your head the next two days. Always use a turn signal. Park between the lines. Yes. Drop off dry cleaning before noon. Read the headlines. Don't forget to smile. Always root for the local sports team. Go sports team. Always return a compliment. Hey, you look nice. So do you. Drink overpriced coffee. No, that's thirty-seven dollars. Awesome. Everything is <laughs> All right, we can turn that off. Where are my pants last night? All right, perfect. Everything is not awesome. It's not awesome when we're living in denial. $37 coffee, that's to prove the irony of the fact that it's not awesome. And when we're in denial, we feel like, or rather not we, let me keep saying I, I felt like, man, I must be doing great. People really like me. I'm doing so good. And everything was not awesome. So let's talk about a little more. When did we begin to learn this denial? Uh, some people may say that even as children, we learn to deal with life using certain coping mechanisms when we were kids. And when we didn't get what we wanted, we would do certain things to block the pain or the feelings that we had. We may have used verbal or physical aggression. We, we may have been withdrawn from other people, perhaps focusing on other activities, and that might have worked when we were kids. But as we grew up, these coping mechanisms, which continued, only clouded and confused the truth of our lives. And it kept us from identifying the hurts, the habits, and the hangups, and it kept us from dealing with our feelings. 
And fast forward to today, we have maintained our childish ways of coping with reality, and it's led to dysfunction in all of our relationships. And this leads to our current life of denial, denying our true feelings, our true predicament, and we find our lives unmanageable. And here are some sayings that might illustrate that we are living in denial. Of course, not coming from any of you guys. These are all from me, for sure, and conforming to, to what we did. But these might illustrate it. Number one, let's stop talking about it. Talking about it only makes it worse. Let's just pretend that it didn't happen. I'm sure no one talks like that. If I tell her it hurts when she says that, I'm afraid she will leave me. He really doesn't drink that much. It really doesn't hurt when he does that. I'm totally fine. I eat because you make me so mad. If you didn't nag me all the time, I wouldn't. You fill in the blank. Look, I have a hard job at work, and I need a few drinks to relax. It doesn't mean that I have a problem. You see, living in denial distorts who God desires us to be. It distorts our reality. And while we think it's heroic to not deal with certain feelings or things in our life, and we think we're super awesome in dealing with that, it's not heroic. You're stunting the growth that God desires to have take place in your life. Here are some things that denial does for us. It disables our feelings. It disables them. We're pushing our feelings down, thinking that we're burying them alive, but we're not. They come out in other ways, in what we say, in what we do. Denial saps our energy. A major side effect of denial is anxiety. And when we are anxious, we waste our energy dealing with things that we cannot control. We deal with worrying about the past. We worry about the future, two things we can't control any longer. All we can control is today, is right now. Denial isolates us from God and alienates us from our relationships. We are living in a distorted reality. And lastly, it lengthens our pain. It lengthens our pain. It doesn't make the pain stop when we live in denial. It lengthens it. Yes, it may not be right in the forefront every single day, but when it rears up, man, it's painful. And what would take place if we all of a sudden just dealt with our denial instead of trying to ignore it and saying everything's great, don't worry about that stuff? The chance for healing and the opportunity for healing would be right there in front of us. I think we have friends in our, in our circle, uh, my wife and I, and you know we're middle-aged, I guess, 47, 48 middle-aged. What is that? Young? Anyways, I guess if you're younger than 47, you're like, that's old. If you're older than that, you're like, that's so young. Well, we have friends who are dealing with health things, and there were signs that they said, man, if we just would have listened to this, if we would have dealt with this pain, this thing that we were feeling, man, we could have we been able to deal with this a lot faster. And I'm sure you guys have many stories of 
health issues that if we would have just listened to the, the things that were happening, the feelings we had from our bodies sooner, maybe we could have dealt with it and the outcome could be a little bit different. Well, denial lengthens the pain in our life. And so I get to the point when I'm looking at things and looking at these steps and uh, just studying for this evening, it's like the so what part. So we know what denial is. Some of you may be wrestling with the fact that, okay, I might be living in denial. Some of you are like, I'm not living in denial. Everything is awesome. That's great. Not great. I was being sarcastic. Uh, So what do we do? What do we do with it? Do we just tell ourselves, just stop living in denial? Try harder to not live in denial. Well, I think we've already proven um, that we can't manage our life well. We've already proven that we are powerless over our addictions. So trying harder may not solve it. And I believe that we may need to lean into how God has designed us. I believe that God has designed us to seek fulfillment, joy, love, acceptance, and peace. In our seeking, though, we have tried to find that fulfillment, that love, that joy, and acceptance from other things and other people. And when we do not receive fulfillment, we cope with it in a lot of different ways. As I said, ways that we learned from early on when we were kids. But now it kind of changes. And in order to find that fulfillment, we may turn to other things such as control or food, chemicals, drink, sex, gambling, relationships. The list goes on and on, doesn't it? And so when we lean into what God designed us, I believe that we need to change that which we are seeking after. We need to direct our seeking because we're seekers no matter what. We're looking for things. And we must seek after the only one, I believe, who can bring true joy, true peace, true acceptance, love, and joy. And that person we believe to be Jesus Christ here at Celebrate Recovery. And even as we were singing that song, um, you know, uh, coming out of the grave, you know, the fact that tonight may be a night where maybe God brings new life to you. He brings new life to you. I don't know. Unlike all the other things and the people that we have sought after in life, Jesus is the only one who can bring true freedom, peace, and joy. There's an interesting passage in the New Testament uh, book of, of Matthew, chapter 6, and verses 25 to 34. And Jesus talks with some people who are dealing with anxiety in their life. Uh, anxious about what they'll eat, what they'll wear, uh, about their body and taking care of their needs. And he points out the fact that God cares for us. He can and will supply us with all of our needs. But it's near the end of the passage that he speaks about a principle that I believe is very important for us when it, see, when it comes to seeking fulfillment and dealing with our denial. And it comes from chapter 6, verse 31 to 33. He says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
So what's the principle? It's change that which we are seeking after. God did design us to seek fulfillment. Yet he's not say in regards to seeking after that fulfillment, um, just try harder. He doesn't say, just try harder on what you're doing. If, if you're worrying about life, just try not to worry about it. He doesn't say just that. Because we've already proven that we can't try harder and stop worrying. Because it always leads to other things. People have told me in the past when it comes to worrying. And one of the things that I've been living in denial about over the last five to six months is that I struggle with anxiety. It's hard some days and worry. And some days I find myself, oh my gosh, I can't deal with this. In fact, I was driving home from Pleasanton just a couple weeks ago and I was stuck in traffic because there was a bad accident. And I was there for like 35 minutes in my truck. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm thirsty, I need a drink of water. And my water was completely gone. And suddenly I'm like, I got no water. I'm not moving at all. I have no exits to take. No lie, my whole body just starts getting like super hot. And I'm like, oh. It sounds funny, but it's not. It's not that exciting. And so I can't just try harder not to feel that way. And when it comes to denial, we just can't say, just tell yourself that you're not to live that way. Well, we've already proven that doesn't work. So we have to seek after something else. So we seek after Jesus and God's kingdom and his righteousness. And he says, he will supply us with all that we need. And you may think, what? So if I'm worrying and seeking fulfillment and joy in life, and I deal with anxiety, and I deal with whatever you fill in the blank. To stop dealing with that, we need to seek after something else. And really, when you think about that, it's what repentance is. It's turning from something and walking towards another. And when you seek after Jesus, God begins to do amazing things. He supplies you with that that you need. I've experienced this in my life. I've heard from so many other people here in Celebrate Recovery that when they put God first in their life and when they sought after Jesus, then things began to make sense. First of all, mentally. But also, life began to be more fulfilling, peaceful, and joyful. It doesn't mean they became rich. It doesn't mean they had millions of friends. It didn't mean they become popular or had no problems ever again. It meant they realized that God's providing for them, that he can provide as he sees fit, and they're okay with that. Maybe for the first time in their life, he calls the shots instead of us. Yet in order to take that first step of recovery, sometimes we need to face and admit our denial. And perhaps the first step of admitting our denial is to identify that which we're seeking after, to fill the void that only Jesus can fill. Where are you tonight, is the question. Are you living in denial? And I know we never love to think about that, but are we living in denial about our addiction? About our codependency? Do you have a problem and are unwilling to admit it? Is your life unmanageable? 
in the deepest recesses of your heart, do you know the answer to that question? But perhaps you're unwilling to admit it because you, like me, may be afraid of what that might mean. What does it mean if I admit that I have a problem? Does that mean my life needs to change? Maybe you're in the denial of the truth that you have traded one addiction for another. It can happen. It's a very real thing. Maybe you're in denial of the fact that you are living in a dysfunctional relationship and you are codependent. Perhaps you are in denial of the fact that you can handle this on your own, this life and this current situation you're in. Your coping mechanisms may be like mine, screwed up at times. And we have to turn, the one who can tr- turn to the one who can truly change us, and that to Jesus. And maybe you've given into denial that Jesus is for everybody else, but not for you. Maybe you're wrestling with the fact, can Jesus really change my life? I believe he made you. I believe that he loves you. And that he died for you. And my encouragement to you tonight, if you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, then I would encourage you tonight possibly to be that first time when you say, God, my life is unmanageable. I believe very little maybe at this time, but I know that Jesus can come into my life and make me a new person. Because I want fulfillment, joy, peace, and love. And that starts by simply saying, God, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And you may not know all the particulars around that and the fact that he loved you so much that Jesus came to live on this earth a perfect life and then he died on a cross and then was buried in a tomb and rose three days later. And it may be a learning curve trying to figure out what all that means. But at the very least, God knows your heart when you call out to him and say, come into my life and save me. Take this addiction, this hurt, this control away from me because it's deafening to me right now. And God will respond with a absolutely because God's been drawing you to himself. God knew how far down you needed to go. Are you living in denial? That's the question tonight. That's the focus question. And I know even when I was writing down that question last week, I was like, oh man, is this a little too to the point? I think it needs to be. I think it needs to be because everything's not awesome. Are you living in denial? Yes or no? What's the truth that you do not want to voice, that you're struggling to voice? Maybe tonight in your open share where it's a safe place or maybe going into that first-timers meeting. Tonight's the first time where you say, I'm living in denial about this, and I don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't know. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to stand. Let me pray for us, in fact, and then we're going to stand and read this running prayer together. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for tonight. There may be some here that wants you a part of their life. If that be the case, 
Let them call out to you right now. Come into my life. Make me the person you want me to be. And Lord, would you solidify that relationship with them and let them see that you are a miracle worker and that this denial is just a hurdle that you are overcoming in order for us to experience fullness. Let us have a great time in our open share group. Let us be honest, even though honesty is difficulty. But uh, Lord, we know you're in the business of changing lives. I thank you for this place, for this ministry. I thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and uh, we're gonna read the serenity prayer together and head to open share groups. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. All right, let's hope I hope you share.